Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Episode 135 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you with another week of Knicks and NBA talk. Emphasis on the NBA talk this week. We are just at the two-week mark, I guess, right? About 15 days away. From the NBA trade deadline. Just over two weeks away. And there's a lot of chatter going around right now. Around the league. And a lot of it involving the Knicks. Who've had another bad week. They've had a rough stretch at the end of January. No question about it. One of their worst stretches of the entire season. Do changes have to be made? It's been the big topic of conversation these last few days. Knicks are three games under 500. They're six and a half back in the Atlantic Division. They are currently, as it stands right now, not in a good position for the playoffs. And many are starting to wonder what the Knicks should do. Knicks are currently out of even the play-in at the moment, half game back of that 10th spot. From the Washington Wizards. Knicks have lost 6 of 10 overall. And uh, in the more, you know, to be, to be you know very clear, more recently, Knicks have lost 5 of 6. So, it has been a very rough stretch. Knicks have had a really rough week after having a really bad week last week as well. Uh, I think we have four games to look back on. I'm not going to, you know, dwell too much on them. I know we we try to look back at as much as we can. Um, the Knicks laid an egg against the Pelicans. I think that was the game we just missed out on talking about last week. Um, Knicks were pitiful in the first and third quarters of this game. They showed fight in the second and the fourth quarters. It really wasn't enough. You know, I thought Mitchell Robinson in this game in particular was strong. But he can't be your leading scorer. It just can't happen, you know. And I I thought the Knicks were abysmal at times against a very poor 
New Orleans Pelicans team, especially a New Orleans Pelicans team that has been very bad on the road in particular this season. They're much better than the way they started this season, that's for sure. Last time the Knicks uh, played the Pelicans, it was a much different team uh, early in the season. Knicks won that game 123-117. Pelicans are better than that, but the Knicks have gotten a lot worse, no question about that. And uh, the crowd was not... uh, not too happy with the way the Knicks played at the Garden. Knicks bounced back in their next game against a a severely undermanned uh, L.A. Clippers team, it must be said, who at the time were also, I think they're still actually, below 500 as well. Um, the Knicks had to put in a little too much work, in my opinion. They really had to work hard for this game against, again, must be said, a undermanned Clippers team. I don't think Kawhi played. I don't believe Paul George played. Reggie Jackson had 26 points. RJ Barrett played very well. He had 28 points. Knicks won at 110-102. I missed this game and watched the highlights back later and just thought, man, the Knicks had to work way too hard to beat a Clippers team at home that, that just shouldn't be shouldn't be hanging around with, with a Knicks team that's at full force. So uh, I, I was very disappointed with that, to be quite honest with you. It's a win. The Knicks obviously <laughs> need wins right now. There's no question about that. But I, it was very disappointing um, to see the way they won. I thought they should have won this game by 15 points. And they really made it a little too uh, easy for the Clippers at the Garden. And and again, you know, I, I'm kind of rolling through these, but... There's not much else to say. The Knicks are inconsistent. That's what this comes down to. It's on Tom Thibodeau. It's on the coaching staff. It's on the players. Yeah, this is a very inconsistent team. And, you know, it's funny. The Cleveland game was almost kind of like looking in the mirror, but it wasn't yourself in the reflection. It was yourself from a year ago. You know, the the Cavs kind of have the magic that the Knicks had a year ago right now. They really do. This Cavs team through, I guess we're at you know, just about the 50-game mark, right? Just about 48-50 game mark of the season. The, the, this Cavs team showed again in, in the 95-93 win they had over the Knicks earlier this week. They're the team this year. They're the surprise. They've kind of got a little bit of fairy dust around them. And uh, they were able to pull out a very tight game. You know, Darius Garland hit a big three late that uh, ended up being the difference, and Knicks never recovered from that point on. Um, you know, it, it really is remarkable what the Cavs are doing. It, it is totally unexpected, very much like the Knicks were a season ago. I mean, just look at the five they have out there, Cleveland, in this game. Dean Wade had 13 points. Isaac Okoro he's had a good season, 14 points. You know, Ed Davis is in the starting lineup. He only had two points, you know, but Evan Mobley or Evan Mobley, I should say, is having a good year. 15 points, 12 rebounds. And Darius Garland, I believe the kid out of Vanderbilt, if memory serves, 13 points, 12 assists. Number one pick for the Cavs recently. He's having a good year, man. He really is. And, uh, Rajon Rondo being added in that trade certainly helps. And then you have a resurgent Kevin Love off the bench with 20 points, 11 rebounds, and 3 assists. I mean, 
again, this doesn't feel like a Cavs team that's going to actually do anything, but it's a pretty special story if you're looking at the NBA as a whole. You know, Randall and Barrett did their part to a certain extent scoring the basketball, but nobody else really stood out. I mean, I thought Obi Toppin had some good moments, hit some big shots, especially in the second half. And actually, to be to be quite fair, you know, Quentin Grimes, again, showing you some some good things. But Emmanuel quickly shot one of ten from the field. I know he had six assists, but couldn't hit the broad side of the barn in Cleveland. And Julius Randle ends up missing a, a potentially game-winning shot at the buzzer. And that was it. I thought that was a pivotal game between these two teams. And uh, the Knicks dropped it in Cleveland, 95-93. And uh, the Knicks have lost to the Cavs twice now this season. They got blown out at the Garden in the first meeting. They've lost a narrow game in the second meeting. And these two teams don't play again until April. So Cleveland's going to have the upper hand. And I, and I said earlier, I thought, you know, that the Knicks could potentially catch Cleveland, but it, the, the way that the trajectory of the two teams is going, I don't know if that's going to happen. Knicks are in trouble. Knicks are in big trouble right now. There's really no debating that. And the trouble continued in Miami. It really did. Duncan Robinson had a field day. And honestly, you know, the Knicks lost 110-96, but it was worse than that. It was worse than that. Knicks were blown out in the first half. It really wasn't close. Third quarter, again, Miami put it on them. Knicks had a big fourth quarter, but the game was over. Game was over. Knicks really just played the fourth quarter to save a little bit of face and still lost by double figures. And the fact that Obi Toppin uh, was the leading scorer, I think, is all. it tells you all you need to know about that performance. First time in his career that Obi Toppin has led the Knicks in scoring Julius Randle was awful. One of his worst games of the season. He had 11 points. He had four assists. He had four turnovers. And just not good enough from the field. He really struggled shooting the basketball. Thought R.J. Barrett was pretty good, but at least on offense. Defensively, I thought he was terrible. I lost at times. Obi Toppin, again, was the, was the shining star along with a few other bench players, quickly was in double figures. Quentin Grimes, again, did some good things, but really it was it was a lot of nothing after that. Very, very disappointing. And yeah, this is a Miami Heat team that's now the number one seed in the East. They've, they've climbed to the top, and they're very tough to beat at home. And this is how the Knicks should be at home. It really should be. At least similar, but the Heat are a well-oiled machine, and uh, they're looking pretty deadly right now they really are they, they look like one of the teams to beat in the eastern conference at the moment and they showed it they showed it you know the knicks were thoroughly outplayed for 48 minutes they really were duncan robinson was phenomenal jimmy butler had 22 points pj tucker for god's sake had 20 points i mean what in the world what in the world is going on there in no in no universe should you be letting P.J. Tucker score 20 points. My goodness. It, it's embarrassing. Embarrassing. He doesn't even average 9 points per game. And he's a defensive player. He's in there for his defense. He goes off for 20 points. It's just unacceptable. 
Tyler Hero, who, who really has been Jekyll and Hyde, I think, this season for the Heat, really has not, you know, you know, I, I, he's been better than last year. Don't get me wrong. But there, he goes through stretches where you don't know what he's going to bring. He was phenomenal off the bench. So it really has been a frustrating stretch for the Knicks. No question about it. The Heat look like the number one seed. They really do. It was it was impressive to watch uh, a good chunk of that game back and uh, and see what the Miami Heat are truly capable of. They're not very good on the road, I must say, Miami. You know, pretty mediocre, I would say. But at home, they've got the best home record in the NBA, or I should say, in the uh, in the East. You know, Golden State's got the best home record in the NBA. But it's uh, it's it's the Heat in the East. They've been that good, and uh, they're going to be tough to stop if they keep clicking the way they're clicking right now. You know, I know the Bulls are there. They've kind of been going through a rough stretch, but they're treading water right now in second. Cleveland, by the way, is up to third place in the East. You know, Milwaukee has slipped. Brooklyn has slipped a little bit. Philly has recovered after a tough stretch themselves. And by the way, Philly this year has been very good on the road just can't get it done at home just such a weird season that philly's having and frankly the nets again looking at home and away splits the nets are very mediocre at home below 500 in fact but they're 17 and 6 on the road i mean just remarkable second best road record in the nba behind the phoenix suns who have the best record in the league by by a lot, by the way. Phoenix is thirty eight and nine. Holy bleep! Eight in a row. They they are phenomenal. I, I don't know if they're going to get it done in the playoffs, but it's it still feels like it's Phoenix and Golden State, and then everybody else. It really does. I, I don't know if there's a team in the East that can compete with the Suns and the Warriors. I don't know. And frankly, I don't think there's a team in the West. I, I just don't see it. The, the more I look at the West, the more it feels like it's going to be a Golden State-Phoenix Western Conference Finals. The Lakers and Clippers are, my God, all over the place. You know, Portland is eight games below 500. they They're barely in the play-in right now. I, honestly, the team I'm maybe the biggest surprise for me is how disappointing they've been. Denver. I, I'm, not, I'm not over the moon with, with, with what Denver's looked like this season it's been disappointing in the west not nearly as deep as i would have expected now there's good team memphis has been very good utah again continues to be very strong no question about it but in my opinion there's there's a pretty big drop off from four to ten no question from dallas all the way down to portland i mean my gosh you don't know what you're gonna get you have no idea no clue I don't know what Dallas is going to look like in the playoffs. And Denver, I, I don't know. I don't know if Denver's going to be able to figure it out. Sometimes it feels it feels like they've lost a little bit of their depth, Denver. Which is why I was so excited about them at the beginning parts of the season. I I don't have my, my rankings in front of me, but I had Denver pretty darn high, if I remember correctly. And they have been extremely disappointing. You know, so again, just looking big picture, it, it 
it feels like Phoenix and, and, and Golden State, and then we'll see in the East. That's kind of what it's starting to morph into, I must say. I'm not thrilled about it. You know, it's not like last year where it really felt like anybody could make a run, you know. When you saw, you know, Atlanta get to an Eastern Conference Finals, Phoenix and, and Milwaukee meeting in the NBA Finals. I don't think that's, I, I, I don't know if it's going to be that kind of postseason. I really don't. I mean, the East, just look at the East. It's a logjam. It really is. And what's frustrating from the Knicks' perspective, and last time we chatted about where the Knicks were, they had a comfortable lead on the Hawks. But the Knicks have lost five of six. After losing five in a row, Atlanta's won five in a row, and they're tied. They're tied at eight and a half games back of first. The, the Knicks are in big trouble. The Knicks are in big, big trouble. Both are a half game back of, of Washington, the Wizards, and uh, and Toronto. They're a game and a half back, but it's not looking good right now. No question. And to be, to be frank, for both of those teams, they're fortunate. Because Washington's lost four in a row. They can't figure it out all of a sudden. And there's still a lot of basketball left to be played, but my goodness, the Knicks have got to start figuring this thing out. They are slipping fast, and I know there's a big gap between them and Indiana, but this is getting to be very dangerous territory for the Knicks. It really is. You know, it's about getting back to 500, but it's about getting back into this playoff race. Knicks are not in it right now. They're just not. And they're six games back of the sixth spot. The way it's looking right now, the Knicks are, are almost destined for the play-in if they get in. There's no way they're going to catch a Philly, a Milwaukee. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. It's going to be very, very difficult. Very difficult. And that's why you're starting to hear some of these rumors. You know, that's why the Knicks have been really in the spotlight over the last couple of days, because something's going to have to give here. The Knicks, I I think the Knicks have to make a change. I really do. I really do. Something has got to change. You know? But I'm not sure what's going to happen. It's very difficult to pinpoint where the Knicks are at right now. You know, it's interesting. I've tried my best to give Tibbs credit, but at at or you know give him a ben, give him the benefit of the doubt. But you got to start looking at Tibbs a little bit here and just start to think, what what's what's the deal? Got to figure it out. You know, you've built this great team that is poised to win. And either you got to improve it or you got to figure it out. You know, the Knicks have got to make a splash or you got to figure it out with this team. You really do. So we'll have to see. You know, it's going to be one of those things. It's going to be one of those things where we're just not sure yet. It's a really, really crazy 
crazy couple of weeks up ahead for the Knicks going into this, going into a potentially season-defining and franchise-defining trade deadline. I want to save the headlines for the second half of the show because there's a lot to get to. There's a lot to get to. I almost don't know where to start. You know, I, I think I've I, I think I've had enough about talking about <laughs> the struggles that the Knicks have had. I think it's very clear, you know. But second half of the show, we'll talk about a few things. We'll talk about Knicks trade deadline fodder. We'll talk NBA trade deadline fodder as well. And we'll also, uh, I, I believe this was just released as uh, I began recording. Um, the NBA All-Star Game starting lineups are out. So we'll take a look at those. And uh, I'm already looking and I'm not uh, not too crazy about one uh, decision already. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll talk about all of that and we'll talk about more. It's all coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Second half of the show, um, I kind of want to get this done first because we've got a lot of trade deadline stuff that I want to touch on here. Um, The NBA All-Star Game starting lineups are in. Um, Just a pretty run-of-the-mill one except for one in particular. East is pretty, pretty straightforward, I would say. Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan. Congrats to DeMar um for being named into the all-star starters for the east in the west steph lebron joker john morant who's having a great year and then the one the one that i looked at immediately and again i I looked at it live i've not had much chance to react to this maybe it's because there's so many injuries in the west COVID issues in the west but andrew wiggins as a starter in the all-star game maybe i'm being a little harsh but i I don't know about that. A starter. An all-star, sure. But a a starter? I don't know about that one. I'm not too sure if uh if Andrew Wiggins is an all-star starter. That that's a bit of an eye-opener for me. I I I would think that there's a few other better options out there besides Andrew Wiggins in the West. I could be wrong. I I, I mean I immediately think of Phoenix. I immediately think of Phoenix. You know, is Phoenix getting a little snubbed here? You know, I mean, take your pick on Phoenix. They're 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 having the best season, and you don't have anybody from them in the All Star starting lineup. I don't know about that one. I'm not too sure. That's that. That's where I, I'm not a huge fan sometimes of the voting for All-Stars. Because that that's a big... That feels like a big mistake to me. That feels like a big mistake. I mean, how do you have Wiggins in and Booker out? Explain that to me. How on earth does that happen? I mean, the season that the Suns have had. I mean, Booker just dropped 43 the other night. Not a starter in the All-Star game? I mean, give me a break. 
the hell is that about? It's a joke. Andrew Wiggins had 14 points the other night. He's an all-star starter ahead of Devin Booker? I'm not buying that. Not buying it for a second. Anyway, I, I'm so, I, it's just one of those shows. <laughs> it's just one of those shows this week. It's, it's, uh, it's a complaining, uh, a complaining show. I'm just go, I'm just firing them off this week for some reason. It's just, it's probably just cause the Knicks, the Knicks are just been so disappointing these last two weeks. And it feels like the season is really slipping through their fingers as we speak. It's frustrating to watch. You know, and, it, and it's definitely leaking into some of my takes. But let's be very clear. Let's be very clear. As negative as I've been, who, who the heck's taking Andrew Wiggins over Devin Booker? I mean, can, can we stop, please? This is why people complain that the fans have the vote. This is exactly why. I mean, Monty Williams even said earlier this week he was laughing at some of the players he saw ahead of Devin Booker in the voting. Devin Booker is not an all-star starter. That's a joke. That's a joke. There's no way Devin Booker shouldn't be a Western Conference all-star starter. And with all due respect to Andrew Wiggins, I mean, maybe he's an all-star. Maybe? A starter? I should say, yeah. He's an all- He may get it on the reserves for me, but... In the starting five? Come on. Give me a break. I mean, what what does Phoenix have to do? Win every game? Seriously? Do they have to go 47-0 for you to pay attention? Give me a break with that. Nonsense. I was talking to Dave King preseason before... uh, you know, before everything really kicked off, he brought me on his podcast to talk about Alfred Payton. He does a son's podcast. And I remember telling him then, you know, people were sleeping on Phoenix. And you could argue I was one of them, but it didn't take me, you know, five months to figure out that Devin Booker's an all-star starter. What are you kidding me? Within the first three weeks of the season, Devin Booker and the Suns looked like the real deal. And all of a sudden, apparently everyone's memories have been wiped. Just ridiculous. It really is. And frankly, if you if you want to feel you know feel free in the comments to tell me otherwise. Go ahead. Twitter at Saint J Seven. Fire back. Go right ahead. I can't wait to hear what you have to say on that. Anyway. All right, let's move on to the trade deadline stuff before I go too far down this rabbit hole here. The big the big story I want to touch on is a report from Ian Begley of SNY this week saying that at least one team has reached out to the Knicks ahead of the NBA trade deadline on February 10th, came away with the quote-unquote impression that Julius Randle would be available for the right return. That shows you where the Knicks season is right now. For the right price, the Knicks are willing to trade their best player. That's the that's the, the teeter-totter 
that this next season is on right now. My immediate reaction to that is, well, I don't know. I don't know. My, my, my first question would be, are the Knicks going to trade for a point guard? Would Julius Randle need to be in that deal if they were to trade for a point guard? Now, we don't know which team obviously reached out. But again, Julius Randle's four-year, $117 million contract extension isn't going to kick in until next season. You know? Oh, man. You know, are the Knicks going to try to make this team better? Then I would say, no, you try to keep Julius Randle. A point guard could really help him improve and get back on track to a certain extent. But then again, if you're not, I don't know. It it, it makes me wonder. Is that a decision that the Knicks should consider? I I, I don't know. It'd be a quick trigger. That's for sure. It's a lot of money that you'd have to try and move. I guess it would depend on what the Knicks could potentially get. Which team are you going to get into bed with here to try and make a deal happen? It is a, oh man, it is a very crazy potential NBA trade deadline. And the big problem again, the Knicks are not consistent enough. So this is why these questions keep popping up. You don't know what, you know, is it, is it worth it to keep Randall, right? Now you're thinking long-term, you would hope it would be, but yeah, the Knicks have regressed despite adding during the offseason and and ads that I thought were very good. You know, you guys remember how excited I was. But the last, I mean, we could go back a month and a half here. We can go back into the middle parts of December to where the Knicks inconsistencies really started to rear their ugly head. And they have not been able to keep the boat steady. It's been it's been underwater coming back up underwater. It, it, it's like they're snorkeling, but now the snorkel is is being tucked under the water, and the Knicks are starting to lose air here. Air is is leaving the snorkel, and Tom Thibodeau is the one that's got to try to get more O two, or this is going to get really, really nasty. It really is. And frankly, I I'm shocked. The Knicks have not made a deal. I know they got Cam Reddish, and we've seen some of Cam Reddish. He's doing all right so far. Great, but it's not making a difference yet. The Knicks need to make a big splash here. They really do. They really do. If they want to save this season, there just needs to be an injection of something. And I don't know if they're they're going to be willing enough to pull the trigger. It's a, it's just, it's a ton of ifs. It's a ton of, well, we'll sees, you know, can the Knicks be consistent? Can the Knicks add to this team? Can the Knicks make a splash at the trade deadline? Can Kemba Walker stay healthy? Can Cam Reddish actually add something to this team? Will it matter if he adds something? Are they just that inconsistent? Who will the Knicks have to give up in a potential trade? 
And will they actually have the you-know-whats to go for it? To get a big-time player, to get a point guard in that can actually change the tide of the season. Because I can talk about the schedule all I want. I can talk about how the Knicks should win this game, shouldn't win that game. All I want. But if you're not consistent, the best case scenario is the Knicks are going to be in the play-in. And who the heck knows what happens from there? Who knows? The Knicks are inconsistent at home. So even if they had a home play-in game, I don't know if the Knicks would win it. I have no idea. The Knicks have been better on the road. But depending on who they play, they could get blown out, and that's it. That's it. They could meet Charlotte, and then that's it. They get blown out. See ya. Season's over. And the Knicks don't even get into the playoffs. Because the sixth seed looks looks a mile and a half off right now. Nowhere near where the Knicks could potentially end up. No way. And now, now Atlanta has caught up to you. You kept Atlanta at arm's length. But now the Hawks have won five in a row and the Knicks can't get out of their own way. Their only win in the last two weeks is against a depleted Clippers team that they barely beat. The Clippers made it tight for most of that game. And again, I go back, you know, Tibbs, this this is the first time I've been critical, really critical of Tibbs. It just feels like something's got to change. And you know what? I worry if Tibbs is going to pull the trigger here. I really do. I mean, surely he knows there's a problem. But what is he going to do to solve it? That's what... (laughs) That's how, you know, that's what we do right now. We're waiting with bated breath to see what the answer to that to that question and many others is at the moment. The other piece of interesting trade deadline news as well is that John Collins, according to Bleacher Report's uh, Jake Fisher, could potentially be on the move as well. From the Hawks. The Hawks want a starting caliber player and a first round pick in exchange for Collins, who just signed a five-year, $125 million contract. A guy that was a cornerstone piece for Atlanta's Eastern Conference Finals run last year. They're thinking of moving his contract. It's even bigger than Randall's. Or I should say there's more years on the contract than Randall, so obviously the money's going to be more. It's it's wild. It's a wild, wild thing. Apparently, Atlanta had called San Antonio about Derek White and have also been linked to Jeremy Grant of the Pistons. Again, according to Bleacher Report. Wild stuff. Apparently, Bogdan Bogdanovich and Danilo Gallinari have already been reportedly involved in Hawks' discussions with Philadelphia about potentially trading for Ben Simmons as well. I mean, it's nuts. It's nuts. Atlanta is looking to make a move. I don't know if any of those moves are good ones, by the way. Just throwing that out there. But it seems like the Knicks are radio silent. 
We'll have to see. We'll have to see. And obviously, you know, Portland's come into it as well. Damian Lillard out with an abdominal injury. They're still in a play-in spot, you know, but they they're they need to cut some, I think, what is it, $3 million to get out of the luxury tax, uh, out of the luxury tax, you know, threshold. So there's reports from, you know, Bleacher Report that, you know, there's guys that could be on the table. C.J. McCollum, Norman Powell, Robert Covington, Nurkic. All of them could be talked about. And uh, interim general manager Joe Cronin has been told that, go ahead, make major moves, you know, switch it up and build this thing again around Lillard if you can. New Orleans has apparently been talked about as a potential landing spot for McCollum. And the Blazers could also be looking at Jeremy Grant from Detroit. So we'll have to see. The Jazz have been linked to Covington, but no one's sure if that's going to happen. And the stories just continue to pile up. It's wild. It's wild. The only the only thing that's really uh you know going on as far as the Kings are that it looks like they're they're shopping Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley the third, and Tristan Thompson per Bleacher Report. Uh, Shams obviously tweeted out last week when we talked about it that uh, De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton at the moment are the guys they want to build around. So that trade's not looking good for the Knicks at the moment. I, I, I did have a few people reach out to me this week about the Knicks uh, trading for Dennis Schroeder, for example, Tyus Jones options as well. I just replied to those and a few other messages saying, listen, you know, Schroeder's a guy that fits the Knicks system. He makes sense to a certain extent, but he makes sense being added to the current team. If you give up a piece from the current team, it doesn't look as good now. You know, you, you would want him to come in to the current fold with everybody in place. So that would be dependent on asking price. It feels like Tyus Jones might be a more reasonable option, but I don't know how well he fits into what Tibbs wants to do it's a tricky one it's a tricky one and and honestly maybe part of the problem is the Knicks are running out of options here they wanted De'Aaron Fox they wanted to make something happen there now reports are saying that the the Kings are gonna rebuild around Fox and Halliburton and work from there meanwhile you know other teams are trying to reshuffle the deck but it, it, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be wild. This, this is setting up to be a very interesting trade deadline for multiple teams, but the Knicks are going to be front and center here, whether they do something or not, they are going to be front and center and their season. And frankly, the next two or three years could be impacted by doing something here or not doing something here. It really comes down to that. Man, oh man. It's going to be a wild next couple of weeks. We're going to be ha- we're going to be hitting the trade deadline stuff hard now. The next couple of shows, and I believe um actually let me double check. I got a calendar up 
just over here that I can take a look at. We're actually going to be recording a podcast on trade deadline day. So the next episode will be on the will, will be recorded. Let's be very clear. Recorded on the on February third, and then on the on the day of the trade deadline, we will be recording another podcast for the Friday after. So we will be right in the middle of this. We will be right in the middle of this on February tenth. That show is going to be nuts. There'll be a ton to recap, and basically the plan for that day is right after the deadline ends, we're going to be on and recording this thing and we'll get as much in as we possibly can this is going to be nuts it really is man oh man ton of stuff to get to and then after that i I don't know we might have to talk draft again on this show i know you guys love talking draft but i'd rather talk about how good the knicks are and it's not happening right now we'll have to see i've always got i'll say this i've always got it in my back pocket if I need it, a little draft talk, always ready for you guys. Everybody, uh, everyone that listens to this show always loves the draft talk here. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Wild show this week. I must say th- this has been one of the more wild weeks, um, in recent, in recent years with the Knicks and to a little bit of a similar extent with the NBA, but th- this has been a wild week for the Knicks and not in a good way. No question about that. So we will wait and we will see what happens next time. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you all as always for listening to the show week in and week out. You guys are the best. Hope you're doing well. Hope you are staying safe out there as the pandemic continues. And uh, hope you're still finding some time for fun and doing it safely as well. Until next time, have a great week. We'll talk more Knicks. We'll talk more NBA trade deadline next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.